This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's see, we already covered weather. What else is there to chit-chat about? Nothing. Weather's a pretty big thing for Northern Ireland right now. I actually, look, I I know if you're just listening to this, you're not going to actually see, but uh, on the video, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, which you totally should be, by the way, um, I have greenery behind me for once because everyone just assumes that I live in a cave because I always have my curtains closed. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that because I was like, like I, something felt different, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> but that's a really good point. I like your, yeah, I always I like the have tree. the curtains closed, but I, I'm surrounded by trees. There was actually this is such a random thing to say, but it's just sparked in my head. Uh, I was doing a stream a couple of months ago. And I kept talking about the trees and like the fact that uh, we, we live in a kind of foresty kind of area. And someone that I was streaming with who doesn't know me very well was just like, do you actually live in a bog? Like, are you like a witch that lives in a bog? And I was like, 
I mean, you know what? For branding, let's go for it. I think that works. <laughs> it yeah. works pretty nice. <laughs> Jess, how have you been? I feel like, I don't know, maybe I asked this last time, but I feel like we haven't spoken in a little while. So I'm like, how, like what's going no. on in your world? What's been going on? And I know, th- I, I know what you mean, because like, even if we're kind of doing this every like two weeks, since there mm-hmm. are four of us hosts, sometimes it'll be like, I'll be with confetti or sometimes I'll be with Hey Shady Lady. Yes. So yeah, I feel like I only end up being with each host like what, once every month or so. So it yeah, always feels it's like weird. It's, it's been a while, but not a lot is new in my life. I'm just bumming about this weather, but like other than that, I can't really complain, you know, nothing new, nothing exciting. I'm just working and cuddling with my dogs. So that sounds pretty great to me, to be honest. And yeah, that's pretty much me as well. Life. Yeah. Totally. Not <laughs> dogs, cats for me, but sure. yeah, pretty much sure. just They're chilling interchangeable with for cuddles. Yeah, you exactly. Cuddle you need some good cuddling. But um, yeah. yeah, apart from that, I, I pretty much have been chilling, enjoying the nice warm weather where I am because it's bearable. Whereas I know in the rest of the UK and Europe, it's kind of like a hellscape right now. But <laughs> I'm in Northern Ireland, so it's all, you know. Terrible. Yeah, I literally don't know how they're surviving. Like, I would die without air conditioning. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 weird because I think a lot of people expect that we have aircon. Anyway, I could talk about the weather for a really long time because I come from a country where the weather is pretty much at, it's different every twenty minutes. But hello, everyone, and welcome back to Boss Level, a podcast where we feature conversations with guests who have leveled up, bringing an XP boost to the table. We are super excited today to be joined by a mainstay of LA comedy, Anna Hosnier, from booking stand-up shows and comedy productions to producing her own show, Ethnically Ambiguous, to finding the next generation of podcasters as part of the Next Up initiative. Anna's keen eye for talent has made her an irreplaceable entity in the world of entertainment. An avid reality fan, you can find Anna on Twitch talking below deck with co-host Molly Lambert on their show Deckheads, or maybe behind the wheel of an F1 car or toppling over as an oversized jelly bean and fall guys just for fun. Anna, hi, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Wow. I didn't know you guys were uh, reference the F1 driving I do, which is so <laughs> poor that I really, really? I'm really do bad. You know what? I, I have too. one of the uh, steering wheel, you know, brake setups, oh. but it doesn't matter. I'm terrible at it. I feel like I've never, so I, fun fact, I don't actually have a license. I've never learned to drive because where I live has really good public transport and we're a very, very small country, but uh, I also can't drive in video games at all. I have never <laughs> been able to. I don't know what it is. Well, I, I feel like spiral. it's not super realistic. Video games are no. hard to drive in. Like, I yeah. remember as a kid being like, holy crap, when I turn 16, people are about to die. And then <laughs> fortunately, it's nothing. It's not. There's not well, a huge correlation, actually, because <laughs> I'm planning on learning to drive. And the fact that I can't drive in video games is very concerning. I feel like it's way easier than in video games. <laughs> yeah. There's no like banana peels usually well, to worry about for one helpful, thing. Helpful, yeah. I think that would be problematic. And blue shells. Blue shells would be bad too. Yes. Although those don't yeah. exist in the F1 game, I'm sure. So <laughs> no. it seems a bit more realistic. Oh, yeah. Um, that probably so is. I, well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Anna, I would love to get into character select and learn a little bit more about you, if that's okay. Would you mind giving us a little introduction and tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, yeah, I am a uh, managing executive producer here at the iHeartRadio podcast network. And yeah, like you mentioned, I host my own show uh, with my co-host Shereen Lonnie Eunice called Ethnically Ambiguous, um, which is all about uh, kind of being a person of color, Middle Easterner and, you know, this lovely world. 
mm-hmm. um, where everything is going just right. Oh, yeah. everything is going so great right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically. I mean, I also just have a background in live comedy producing, which is kind of how I got into podcasting because I met a bunch of comedians. And they all wanted to do podcasts. So it just slowly kind of, you know, went from there. That's so cool that you like were. So you would basically have to go like find people who are funny and then be like, hey, this person should be the next like stand up or whatever. Um, well, I did. I What I would do is basically like uh, get a room and, and put stand up shows on. And then, yeah, I would def. I definitely went to like a ton of shows and like saw who was funny and then like, you know, stalk them and then like DM <laughs> them or went up to them in person. And that was kind of my M.O. for a very long time was like creeping around L.A. <laughs> comedy clubs and rooms to find who I just thought was, you know, funny. As simple as that. That's really interesting. Do you have any crazy stories from that time? Because, I mean, I know you obviously weren't, like, stalking these people, but were there any, like, (laughs) funny times where, you know, a comedian would be like, hmm, you've been at all of my shows. Like, who are you kind of thing? Um, uh, I I mean, kind of. Like, I would do a lot of stuff where I would just like, I would see this person over and over and over again. And then I would just like DM, I would just cold email or DM them. I I am like, I have no problem in my life, cold calling, emailing, or just DMing or texting anyone. It's how I get like all my work done. I'll just be like, hi, (laughs) you don't know me, but that's not the point. And then, you know, really get into it. And I've had people just be like, how long have you known about me? And I'm like, a year. <laughs> I, I've been watching you for a year, just slowly, like, kind of taking you in and and then finding <laughs> the perfect time to be like, hi, I would love to have you do my show and or podcast. That's really cool. I So weird question. And I suppose we can probably deep dive on this later. But um, people who are funny are not necessarily going to be good at hosting a podcast right like there's it's a different it can be a different skill set how do you kind of like assess whether someone's going to be right for that sort of thing like between stand-up versus hosting like a show um that's a good question you know i i like to give almost like everyone a chance because you never know because you know Mm. just like based off their stand-up you don't know um like if they will be like a good talker, it's a lot of kind of like yeah. trial and error to find out um, if someone can handle it. Also, like just talking to them. Sometimes you're like, OK, you're like charismatic. You're interesting. Mm-hmm. You can like, you know, also another thing is like their their stand up isn't like uh, the classic like joke uh, set up where it's like, you know, Set up punchline, set up punchline, yeah. set up punchline. If they're like a talker and, and there is like a clear, if you've seen enough uh, stand up like I have, which is I, I have like a <laughs> sixth sense for like how people like now, like just how they talk. Like I have a, I, I can read intonations like I know what they're going to say, how they're bought. Like I've just watched so much stand up in my life that I'm a bit of a I'm bit, I'm unwell from it, but I I can just sense like what their body movements will be like or how they will okay. sound, what they will emphasize. Um, and I get I, I see a lot of it when people are like kind of storytellers versus like the mm. standard uh, setup punchline. And I think the storytellers 
Um, and this is not always, I, I don't want to generalize it, but a lot of the time tend to be better podcasters because I think they're more comfortable just talking um, yeah, that versus sense. having a formula. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes I sense. And I mean, because a podcast is more like a conversation. So if that's mm-hmm. kind of what they're doing and they know how to lead that conversation clearly, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, what you have to do to be a podcaster. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel <laughs> I feel like we're talking about comedy a lot and I always think of myself as not a very funny person. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I, maybe maybe if I thought I was a very funny person, that would be a bit weird. But I feel like as a as a person who streams, one of the things that I always hear is like you either have to be really, really skillful at the game. You have to be really, really funny or you have to be really educational or charismatic or something like that. And frequently I'm like, why the heck do people watch me stream? I don't understand. I don't know what it is I bring to the table. It's so weird. I feel like there's this common like sort of attitude almost that you have to be to be any kind of entertainer, which is like you have to believe in your own abilities enough to go Mm. do the thing but you don't necessarily want to be like super arrogant. Like I'm sure, like I'm sure there are comedians out there who think that they're like, they're the funniest person ever, but I feel like most of them are probably like, "Mm, I don't know, you know, it depends on the day kind of thing, but you have to be like, you have to have that certain level of, of confidence in your ability to try the thing at least, but like, which it shouldn't necessarily be. It's not necessarily like an ego thing or an arrogance thing. It's more of like a, like the confidence to try kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's like two different kinds of confidence, right? There's the confidence that like you are the funniest person in the room or the confidence that you're willing to give give it a try and see what sticks. Just yeah. kind of chuck stuff at the wall and see how it goes. And yeah, that makes sense. That's an interesting way of looking at it. But we were speaking about Twitch and I mentioned the F1 and the Fall Guys thing, but I have to ask, since you do some gaming on Twitch as well, Anna, what's your favorite game on or off stream? Uh, I mean, my favorite, favorite game is Animal Crossing. I don't nice. stream oh, it though. I just, choice. it's a personal, I was you know, I say play that. <laughs> on my own free time without yeah. any eyes on me. It's like one of my favorite. Yeah. What, yeah, what happens great. in Animal Crossing stays in Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. My island that. is my sacred land, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that really negative cool. energy in, in it. <laughs> For sure. I started a new island in Animal Crossing, I think last year, uh, where I decided that I was going to make sure that every single uh, villager I had was going to be a cat. And... <laughs> I discovered oh. the absolute pain of hunting for a like type of villager because of the the way it works it all out. It's like it takes from a pool of different like species and then it takes from a pool of all of the different personality types. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I swear to God, if I see another bird or another like whatever, I, I'm going to scream because it was it took me so long. And then I got like three cats in a row and it was the best thing that's ever happened. And the hype was worth it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So- you can't like kick a villager out, right? No. Or can right. you? Okay. So I was gonna say, if you get like a non-cat, what do you do? You're just like, ah, now I got to start you, over. You don't have to accept them. We could go into so much detail about Animal Crossing. <laughs> crossing. I haven't played Animal Crossing in a while, so I it's forgot so like, how it works. so detailed. So you, They're you like can, a vampire. They have to be invited. They can't just like come over to. unannounced. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a vampire. You can kick them. So whenever you kick a villager out, you have like 24 hours or something after they move out to fill the plot. Otherwise it fills automatically with a random villager. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so you have to keep resetting the day back to the beginning of the day and then you don't have to accept any villager that you encounter but you have to spend those little okay. tickets to get one so you eventually run out of tickets and then you're like oh i guess i'll take whatever comes up next and it's a crocodile <laughs> great i wanted a cat it's not the same 
But uh, anyway, I th- there was such a weird like kind of mentality around the whole time travel and Animal Crossing thing and whatever. And it does take away from the chill vibes, I think. That yeah. game is very chill. There is it's a really lot funny. of sort of um, like uh, there's like a <laughs> there's like there's two sides of time traveling. There's the like do not time yep. travel. It is not OK. And then there are the people who are like, whatever. A game. <laughs> yep, I've okay. been time traveling since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Does any do either of you play Cozy Grove? Yes, no, I actually I started very that. recently. There we go. Okay, so well, Anna, it has some similar mechanics as Animal Crossing does in terms of it takes place like in real time. But the uh-huh. whole thing with Cozy Grove is like it kind of encourages you to spend time like not in gaming because there's like a, a limit to the number of quests mm-hmm. you can do. And then you'll get to a point where you will just run out of quests. So when you first start, it's literally you can do like three things and then it's like you're done playing for the game for the day. You have to wait until the next day so a lot of people do is start like time traveling and then a whole other you know group of people are like vehemently against it they're like no Mm -hmm. you know messes up your game and you know taints the purity of cozy grove (laughs) it's so true it's basically like an animal crossing but with ghosts kind of so it's like a haunted island kind of spooky but cozy game it's really i wrote it down i will it's really good i like any game like that that's just like cute and you're like yes yes yeah just like minding your own business setting up your island getting your fruits Mm -hmm. i feel like we need that in today's kind of like as you were saying everything's totally fine and nothing is a problem (laughs) that kind of vibe you need something that takes just i don't know where you could just kind of potter around and pick up fruit off the floor and not worry (laughs) yeah yeah on the other hand though I feel like some like sometimes I'll be in a mood where I want something that's like more challenging that will like pull my focus because mm. once in a while I'll get on like something that's more of a cutesy game or like The Sims or something mm-hmm. and I'm like ah, I think it's it's too good it's too nice there's no like there's no problems to like pull me away from my own <laughs> problems like I need that conflict as long as it's yeah. not happening to me. I get yeah. that that's why I played RimWorld recently and I streamed it and allowed my chat to vote on things that happened and of course my chat voted on uh, a hurricane slash tornado type thing at the same time as a swarm of angry rats and then a second oh. swarm of angry rats and everybody oh died and I was like well that was not well, including as chill the rats, as I was right? hoping <laughs> the like, rats I feel like- ate everyone <laughs> oh, I thought the hurricane would have no mitigated that issue the hurricane blew the dead bodies of my colonists away so I was like oh, okay God. well I suppose Whoa. at least it tidied itself up <laughs> wait what is this game it's called RimWorld it's like a colony management game and okay. it just throws random things at you and then it has like a twitch integration where chat can vote on stuff or okay. send you things and I, I at first I thought it was great they sent me tons of cowboy hats and all my colonists were walking around with cowboy hats on Aww. like this is cool and then they were like, haha, we've decided to destroy everything you've been working on for the last two weeks. And I was oh like, I think I just sat there with like, you know, that frozen look of, oh, OK, so that's how we're doing this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I enjoyed it, but it was terrible. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> anyway, I, I, once again, another thing I could I talk we, about we could, for hours. We could talk about like video games probably all day long. Oh, we probably will bring it back up multiple times throughout sure. the episode. But uh, this podcast being the boss level podcast, Anna, what does it mean to you to be boss level? And how do you see that kind of featuring as a as a sort of milestone type thing in your career and journey? That's That's a good question. I don't even know if I consider myself 
uh, boss level because I've never even like I I, I suffers from such extreme imposter syndrome mood same <laughs> that I, I spend my life being like <laughs> yep. like through everything I do um, but I guess like I guess to me being boss level is just trying to overcome that every single day and continuing mm. to just you know, like continue to just keep going and not letting that imposter syndrome completely drag me under, uh, which there are days where I'm like, oh, my God, how like when someone sends me an email and they're like, can you do this, this, this and this? I'm like, I'm going to die. I will die. It's too much. I can't handle it. Oh, God. Or like I got invited to do this like panel and I was like, I, I can't do I can't talk on this. I can't speak on this. And it's like stuff that I've done before, mm-hmm. but I like automatically tend to doubt myself because I'm like, I just live in such an anxious place at all times (laughs) that um, I literally just have to compartmentalize to like keep moving. I'm just like, you know what? That's fine. Freak out about it at four in the morning. You know, when Mm -hmm. all your fears come to you and you wake up and you're like, oh no, why did I say that? You know? Yeah. So I think that's what boss level, being able to continue on regardless of like, uh, feeling like you are collapsing inwards at all times. To me, that's what it is to boss level. Is that the saddest you know answer you've ever gotten? No, I, I absolutely respect that because that's I so literally have been battling imposter syndrome my entire life. I used to be a project manager and I don't know like how familiar you both are with like project management, but I feel like not very like, I'm going to tell you the truth, like 95% of the time, because if if you're a good, supposedly, if you're a good project manager, people won't know that you like what impact you've had because you've made everything run so smoothly. Right. But that ah. obviously means that there's no evidence that you've actually done anything. <laughs> so the amount of times wow. I've just been like, I'm not doing anything. And one day someone's going to figure out that I have not done anything and that I add absolutely no value to this team whatsoever. And I thought that leaving the games industry like proper would mean that I would get over that. But then I went into content creation where it was all like, why do people watch my stream? Why are people hanging out with me? Like, I doubt myself every day. So I completely relate. And I think being able to push through that is super important. And I think that is boss level. Definitely not the saddest answer. I think that's important. I completely agree. Not not a sad answer at all. Very inspiring answer if you ask Mm -hmm. me. But with that, I think it's time for us to take a quick little ad break. So we will be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world, and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Boss Level. We are here with Anna Husnier and an executive producer at iHeartRadio slash iHeartMedia. And we've been chatting about a million different things so far. And what I want to touch on next is how you got your starts in comedy as far as like, did you always want to work in comedy or was that something you discovered later on in life? Um, I mean, I've always loved comedy. I've always I just like like to laugh. That's all I ever just want to do is laugh. Um, Yeah, I completely agree. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed stand-up, like, watching stand-up. I didn't know I would do what I ended up doing. Like, I never thought, like, oh, I'll just go to L.A. and start producing live comedy. Like, I majored in just kind of, like, digital media in college and, like, experimental art, a lot of weird experimental art. (laughs) Um, And the good thing, I took a lot of like audio editing and just editing in general courses in college. So like, I always thought I would like go to LA and become like an editor or something like a video editor or like some sort of like something that had to work in film doing some sort of like post-production. Um, I, I've always really enjoyed building stories. So I would also like write a lot. I thought I would be a writer or an editor or something. I don't know. I figured mm-hmm. I would work somewhere in the industry. And then I, you know, I moved to LA right after graduating and worked um, in like a reality TV development office, which was like the darkest place on earth. It was so, <laughs> it made me almost want to move back home. Like I was like, wow. oh God, everyone is soul sucking. And, mm-hmm. um, But then I left that and during this time where I was like, am I going to move back home? Actually, that's not true. I left that and I went to Iran for three months ish, uh, which was like a really crazy time because I was just like hanging out with my um, my uncle who is like just or, you know, was like just this just old Persian man who just smoked chain smoked cigarettes and like watch Turkish soap operas um <laughs> and so I just sat next to him for like three months just zoning out uh because the internet's not great in Iran so there's really I was truly like decompressing after working in like the very most terrifying um a reality tv office with mm. the scariest executive producer I've ever met and uh I came back to LA after that being like do I even really want to like work in the industry like is this something I could ever really handle emotionally and mentally and then I met this woman who was like hey do you want to help me produce my live show and I was like oh comedy yes then I can watch some comedy and I'll just laugh and I'll feel better like what could go wrong you know basically like I enjoy I enjoy laughing and so I started helping this woman Sharon Eisman produce her, her variety comedy show and then yeah just from there this was like 2014 I started meeting a bunch of comedians and then I met David Huntsberger who yes yeah, 2014 he invited me to be an intern on the Earwolf show Professor Blastoff with him Tignataro and Kyle Dunnigan and that was kind of like my first foray into podcasting and then yeah just went from there and have you done stand-up yourself ever no no I never really had 
I never really, I've always been of like a don't look at me type of person, which is why I think I thrived behind the scenes. Yeah. That totally makes like sense. Big. Like, I, I think, I, it's not that I think you can't do both, because I think you, it's probably a skill set people do have, but I think there's yeah. always like people will have a passion for one over the other and will feel more comfortable in that kind of setting. And I think, Sometimes you just know, like, I'm not going to be. So obviously, again, I I come from like a a games industry background where I worked like, actually, I relate very much to your story, but (laughs) not in a way that I think people necessarily want to hear, which is that some of the jobs I had in the games industry were absolutely soul sucking. And I frequently like I worked in an environment where um I was very, very passionate, but frequently you were kind of shut down and like your ideas were kind of stomped on and then you couldn't get them to go anywhere. And it was really frustrating. Um, And I never thought that I was going to be a person who'd be comfortable being in front of the camera like ever. Uh, And then I got thrown up on stage uh, at Gamescom one year um, because they needed somebody to host a thing. And weirdly, it was easier for me because the vast majority of the audience, we had like a really, really big audience at that booth, but they were all german kids so some of them could speak english but some of them couldn't actually speak english and i could only speak very conversational german so i was hosting in english but had a person standing next to me who was translating into german and that weirdly took away some of the nerves because it was like if i say anything stupid the person next to me is going (laughs) to correct it when they translate it and it'll be fine and then i don't know i just kind of got like it it almost like you got the taste for it and i was like okay i actually kind of enjoy this so it was like an easy slip into hosting and kind of doing stuff in front of a camera it was weird though one of those kind of like didn't really make any sense (laughs) transitions into something um do you have like a kind of moment in your career where you feel like you hit it and you you realize no this is actually what I want to do like what was the defining moment because you said that you kind of always thought that you would work in kind of like writing or editing or something but then you kind of got into comedy and producing was there a, a particular moment where you, it, like a light bulb kind of went off and you were like, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. Gosh, what was that? I feel like there definitely was probably. So I, I went to crack.com for a while and was working on producing the cracked podcast. And the host of the cracked podcast, Jack O'Brien, we like really hit it off. And when he decided to leave to go to how stuff works, which is what we used to be before we were acquired by iHeart, he um, kind of was like, oh, you know, like, I would love for you to come with me. We can go start this like L.A. division together. And I kind of have this vision where it's just like no more white guys, no more just like white guys telling their story, you know. And that was like a big moment for me because I was like. I never knew I wanted to work like I enjoyed producing podcasts on the side Mm. to make cash, but I was freelancing always. I was always working multiple arenas like live producing, doing some writing. Uh, You know, I had my own I was doing my own podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous at the time at a different network. And before that, we'd had a web series on this YouTube channel by the same name, Ethnically Ambiguous, that we spun off to the podcast. So I was like, I had my hand in all these different places And I was just trying to like find the thing that I enjoyed the most. And so when Jack told me that, I was kind of like, oh, like it's like it felt like he was giving me an opportunity to really do something Mm -hmm. uh, 
which I mean, at the time, I didn't know I would start something like Step Up or any or Step Up. What is wrong with me? Next Up. Sorry. I was thinking of like, you know, like dance flicks. Um, <laughs> that was you? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know I would write and direct the movie Step Up. <laughs> And then and then pivot off that and go into podcasting. No, but I I didn't think I would start something like next up. But I was like, oh, well, this is an opportunity for me who's been like creeping at every comedy show for the last <laughs> like few years to bring all these people that I really enjoy in um, who are not just like, you know, straight white males. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that was. That was kind of a. That's the best moment I can think of and like that I was like, okay, like I can actually do this. I can build a career here and like enjoy myself and be happy with my work. That's really powerful. Um, Can I ask you then about the Next Up initiative? I was reading about it earlier, actually. And what was it that really like, I mean, you've talked about not like wanting to see people that weren't just straight white men. Um, Mm -hmm. Was there something in particular that like drove your desire to take on this mission to kind of bring in new people and uplift voices that aren't necessarily heard all the time? Yeah. So this is also going to be kind of a sad answer, but I grew up very much alone. Like I was always a loner and I, I like never fit in. Like I just felt like I had friends, but like I just never really felt like anyone understood me. And it's because I grew up as like the only Persian kid like in my neighborhood and then kind of like in my school for a long time uh, in the Bay Area, uh, which is strange because there are Persian people in the Bay Area, but they're just like weren't at my school or in my grade, you know, other than like right. my siblings. But like uh, and they didn't. And I was the youngest. So, of course, naturally, sibling, older siblings do not care for younger siblings mm-hmm. in that way. I was considered lame. OK, only now does my brother offer to play a video game with me. It took years, oh. years of me being like. I'll try Halo and him being like, you don't have the hand-eye coordination that we need on the team. And I'm like, oh, oh. Like, let me try first before you determine that. Well, he wasn't wrong. It took a long oh. time for me to like get good hand-eye coordination. Okay, but that's not the point. <laughs> but he, was, he wasn't allowing me to even practice, okay? I had to go, I literally had to go buy like Paper Mario for him to be like, I remember me to be like, I will learn to play Paper Mario and then I will oh. become good and then you will let me play. Um, And then eventually on the Xbox Fable, I liked really like, you know, long sort of like adventure Mm -hmm. games. I thought that helped me be better with my hand-eye coordination is if I just like played by myself and like tried to, you know, play a full uh, game where I'm just on an adventure by myself. But uh, I digress. So I was always kind of a loner. I never really fit in. And I just also never really saw anyone in media that was like me. And I always like to kind of perform and have fun and like be funny around my parents. And my parents are both really two very, very, very strict Persian parents, but also hilarious. Like some, my mom has the driest humor in the world. Like to this day, she'll say one word and I'm just like dying because she's just so <laughs> she like she has perfect comedic timing. Even though she's like an electrical engineer, (laughs) she just (laughs) nails it. And then my dad is just like the goofiest goofball uh, when he's not being like, go do your homework. You know, Mm. Uh, he's like really, really funny. And so like we've always had like a good laugh at home. Um, And so but, you know, to me, I was like, well, I guess I have to go be a lawyer. Like there was no like (laughs) I didn't see myself anywhere. And I think the most I saw myself was Christian Amanpour, uh, the CNN 
reporter journalist and she was only like half Persian. So I was like, okay, like she kind of looks like me. I see it. I could do something like that. Maybe I can become a journalist or something. But like that was it. And so I spent my whole like podcasting career and like why I started Ethnically Ambiguous was like I wanted to create a show where like I could just be the person I was always looking for growing up of like, you're not alone. I went through this my whole life too. Like you're not going to feel like you fit in. Your parents are going to send you to school with food that smells for lunch. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you so weird? No one knows where Iran is, you know, like, so that was kind of the genesis of everything I wanted to do was like bring more people like me, people who have stories that are different from different cultures, different worlds in uh, to any at in any arena of this industry, I just wanted to bring more people of color and and marginalized uh, people from different communities in, and um, yeah, literally just be the representation I never saw or never had to like mm-hmm. feel included or just like wanted as sad as that is like I just never really felt wanted like I've never felt like anyone was like dying to have me around which is very sad but it is what it is uh and so I yeah so I made ethnically ambiguous and then I my whole time at how stuff works then I heart I was always being like more of people like me more of people mm-hmm. like me, please. More of people like me to a point where I think I was starting to um, annoy a lot of people. I, I think people would be like, <laughs> we get it, you bitch. You know, like we get it. You want to see more people like you. And I'd be like, yeah, I, I see where I, I'm becoming annoying, but I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a global pandemic had to happen and we had a, you know, a true reckoning with race in this country because George Floyd had to be murdered for someone to be like, oh, my God, is this an issue? And it's like we've been screaming for years for someone to pay attention that America's a white supremacist hellhole. And then I was like, and I have this great program I created on my free time in 2019, uh, which at the time it wasn't called Next Step. I think I just called it diversity initiative because right. I know I was really just like throwing stuff at the wall to see like what I could like create in this program mm-hmm. and then I literally was just like here's an email with this whole pitch that I created would love for like iHeart to do this and then they were like oh yeah this is great <laughs> I was like cool yeah excellent let's do it <laughs> this could this is I'll do this you don't even have to worry about it I will do it and then yeah we did it it was pretty cool See, like, that's not a sad answer at all, because the ending to the story is, you know, we did it. We we achieved the thing we yeah. set out to do. So, like, that's not a sad answer. And your answer earlier was also not sad. It would only be sad if you were like, and then I learned that I was right to feel that way and I shouldn't even fucking try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that well, would be the sad answer. That's and where the imposter no. syndrome comes in. Yeah, well, and, but you didn't let the imposter syndrome win. You beat off the imposter syndrome or you yeah. did it despite the imposter syndrome. And I think that's very inspiring personally. I agree. Yeah. As somebody who experiences it all the time, as I said, like literally every single day of my life, I feel like I'm battling the, the, the voice inside my brain. That's like, no, don't, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. It's not worth it. It's not going to happen. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to see that. And it's not true. Even though, like, it's, you know, it's so funny. You can always tell another person, hey, that's not true. That's just the inside voice and it's lying to you. But then when it comes to yourself, it's like, you're like, what? No, but that inside voice is so convincing. Yeah, it is. It is. Though. <laughs> it really is. And it has is. like a direct line. 
It's it knows your greatest weaknesses and it knows what strings to pull to, yep. you know. What buttons to push. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you um, have any advice for anyone who wants to yes. do what you do or who has, for anyone who maybe is also um, feels alone growing up and wants to no longer feel that way? Um, the good thing now is that there is so much more representation. I mean, look, we're nowhere near like what it should be, like pure equality and living in like an egalitarian system. You know, like, look, we've got a long way to go. But now with podcasting and with like media, there is more where you can see yourself. Uh, but um, it's definitely like you're really we're really working towards something where like I always say like if you want to create something like and you feel like people aren't giving you the time of day just like make it yourself like I know like podcasting can be like you feel like oh well it has to be perfect nothing has to be perfect I mean like look at this world we got dudes literally in positions in the world who you're like I don't think he can read but he's in charge of a state (laughs) and you're like oh god like what is happening? So I, I genuinely think when people think they're not good enough, and this is kind of like how I survive, is to think, oh, you're probably better than you think. And no one, it's just the problem is like people aren't giving in the time of day, which is what we are. We're kind of, we're a very selfish, you know, very up our own ass society. It's, it's how we, you know, slowly have destroyed the planet. You know, like that's just mm-hmm. our vibe. We're like, mm, okay, well, I'm glad or I'm so sorry, like you're going through that, but like I'm going through something as well, too. That's just the energy. <laughs> That's yeah. what we have as a, you know, world going on. So and all that, that's why you kind of have to find your own path, which is like you have to kind of put forth y- your sort of like what you want. Um, and I know I feel like I'm saying like manifest it. No, I'm saying like, yes, manifest, you know, like have good energy, like think good, well of yourself. But like, if you want to do a podcast, you know, get what's literally stopping get you? like, yeah, get like corded headphones like what I have. They sound better than AirPods. Right. And then um, which that's I'm not talking on cord. I'm, I'm actually talking to like a nice mic. But like these sound good if plugged into your computer. If you have a MacBook GarageBand, you can easily record yourself in GarageBand or you can record yourself on QuickTime. Or if you have a PC, you can record yourself on like Audacity, which is a free program. Like there's all these different paths. You just like literally just Google like best audio free program and find something and download it and you can start recording into that. And like you don't necessarily have to put it out, but like start feeling yourself in a way where you are worth it so like you can start like I have a podcast I had a podcast very very early days when I was in LA no one will ever hear it uh because I've removed it but it's a podcast I just did with my roommate um where we were just like playing characters the whole time and I put it out and then my friends were just listening to it and it was like the most fun I've ever had doing a podcast. And I know I have like an actual podcast now and I hurt, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but there was no expectation. There was nothing. I was just creating something. And then one of the things that had that woman who reached out to me about helping with her live show was that podcast. She's like, you're so funny on this. You should like work in comedy. 
And like, it was as simple as that. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is just like me fucking around literally. And she's like, yeah, but like you may as well do something with it. And then I, I didn't necessarily, like, I wasn't like, Oh, this podcast, I have to work really hard on this podcast. It was just like a stepping stone. And then, you know, I was able to create another podcast on a more professional level, but it's like, just trying and putting yourself out there and not worrying about like it having to be perfect is like very key, I think, in, in getting anywhere. You just have to try and put your own creativity out there or what in whatever world like. Um, of course, I work in this industry, so I, I can I can't really speak on like business or marketing, <laughs> but yeah, that would be my advice. That's great. We've reached another save point and we're going to take a super short break and then we're going to come back and dig even deeper into Anna's brain. That sounded really creepy, but we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> we're going to stalk her thoughts. <laughs> Please. 10 out of 10. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. 
if you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Boss Level, everyone. We are speaking to the wonderful Anna Hosnier, and we have just received some really, really great gems of advice from her about getting started with podcasting. And do you know what? Since we're talking about like advice and stuff like that, it's a little, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but I kind of want to ask as well, are there any resources that you would recommend to someone who is getting started on their own journey? Not necessarily with like um, software, because you've kind of already given us like Audacity, for example, which is something I use all the time. But are there any kind of like learning resources or things that might be useful for people if they were wanting to get into hosting their own show or even just producing? Um, well, I learn everything I do on YouTube. <laughs> it's like if I have like a tech issue of any kind, I go like how to do this in YouTube. Uh, because I think a lot of people like overlook it when it's like, mm -hmm. no matter what you're trying to do, someone has taught you how to do it on YouTube. Um, I will say like in college when we were like working on like After Effects, I remember this so clearly. We'd all be in like the video editing lab and it would be like a queue waiting to get the After Effects manual like the book the physical <laughs> book that's how long ago i was in college so wow. sorry i'm actually only 21 years old that's right uh, i'm really <laughs> oh, young and too. hot <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah. 
But like that was like a, such a crazy time to me to be like we were like waiting like oh god is he dead? okay I just gotta wait I just gotta wait and then I can figure out how to do this like one like you know effect or whatever whatever you're trying to figure out what to do mm-hmm. and now takes me two seconds I go on YouTube and I just search this and here's the other thing as much as I despise ever looking at this interface reddit (laughs) there is so much information on reddit i really try and go on very lightly because i have my own issues with reddit but like Mm -hmm. you can search anything in google and there is a reddit subreddit you know like you can find how to do stuff and now there's so much like there's so many resources because people have like newsletters on substack on like how to podcast or how to do this or how to you know like there's so much resources that you literally Mm -hmm. just have to type in how to do this and then look at what your Google options are. Reddit, I mean, as long as you're, you have to really, you know, just look at what's out there, open up a bunch of tabs and see what works for you, like what information you need or go on YouTube and search it or, you know, like there's, I, I generally like, even if you just searched Substack, as simple as that, which is, if you guys don't know what Substack is, it's like a uh, kind of like blogging subscription site uh Mm -hmm. but not everyone needs a subscription to look at what they're writing you know like um my friend courtney kosak has a uh podcast blog called podcast besties and she puts out a newsletter every i think week and like that has a bunch of information in it and then like i have an um Lauren Passell of Tink Media has a newsletter called literally Podcast the Newsletter. And you can go and she interviews all these people, tells you all the like good podcasts to listen to. Like there's so many resources out there now. Like people love to put stuff out there. Uh, I would even argue like I sometimes if I want to learn how to do something, I'll go to TikTok. Like if I literally want to be like, how do I do this sort of nail art or like even like how do I put on this eyeshadow? I'll just go to TikTok and someone is dying to teach you. Yeah, there's so much you can learn on the Internet. I heard someone recently say, and I don't think I fully believe this, but I heard someone recently say that the Internet is going to make a college education obsolete because you can just like learn it for free. And obviously there are certain aspects of, you know, knowledge that you can't get from the Internet. Right. Like what do you two think of that? I am a college dropout, so oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> I was I was a computer science major, and by the time like when I got to my programming classes, everybody already knew how to code, and they were just oh, there wow. for the degree, the piece of paper. And I was like, "What?" Because I was like the only one who had no idea what the hell I was doing, and I was like constantly asking my classmates for help because I was like. I thought we were here to learn this and y'all already know it. So my mind was kind of blown then, but which kind of makes sense because they were all like, you know, they kind of did it as a hobby. They already like they taught it to themselves in high school, which was just wild. But that, I mean, that's the thing you can do these days. Yeah, I will say I do think like. Having the practical experience, like you can watch something on YouTube, but you won't truly learn how to do it until you try it yourself. True. So, like you have to like you know, really troubleshoot to figure it out. And I think you can go and learn all these situations. But like, like I said before, like you just have to do it yourself to see. Mm -hmm. You have to open that editing program or you have to, you know, try and record on a mic. You just have to try it because that's, yeah, you have to like feel it out. And that's when Mm -hmm. you really start to learn is because you're like, oh, I'm like hands on. Yeah, because you don't learn the like unique challenges that you're going to encounter and the problems that you're going to face until you've actually tried yourself 
And I think mm-hmm. like that's something that comes up a lot with people who talk about like streaming in general and like how, oh, it's so easy because they've not actually tried yet. And then when they actually get into it, they're like, oh, actually, there's a lot more to this than I thought there was. Like, it's not just about sitting down. I mean, it can be just about sitting down in front of the computer and playing games if you want. But like, it's there's a lot of kind of, I guess, to some degree, like light tech knowledge that's needed and like production knowledge that's needed oh, yeah. and all that good stuff. And you don't encounter that till you give it a try, till you turn on the camera, you turn on the microphone and you give it a shot. And then you find out that, oh, right, I actually need to learn how to do insert thing here and figure it out and then kind of go from there, I guess. Like you don't know what you don't know until you go live, until you try the thing and then realize where the gaps in your knowledge are. But then that gives you a good jumping off point to like go find the knowledge on on Reddit or on Substack or something, kind of fill in those gaps. Mm Yeah, definitely. I so yeah, like I said, I was a college dropout. I uh, I had a really weird experience where I decided that I because I never knew I was going to get into the games industry. I decided I was going to be a journalist and I wanted to be a games journalist. So it's still kind of games industry anyway. But um, I went to college here in Belfast and uh, I Belfast, Northern Ireland being a little bit kind of behind when it comes to things like the games industry. We have a really flourishing um, like indie game dev scene now, but Back then, it it wasn't as big a thing. So, like, I was going for journalism, and it was very traditional journalism, and it was all political. And um, I discovered, like, a couple of months into my course that it was actually supposed to be a uh, postgraduate course, and I didn't have a degree. So I was like, <gasps> all these things that they keep talking about, they're like, oh, yeah, and you'll have learned this when you did your degree. And I'm like, <gasps> what about me? <laughs> and I, like, I had to do a test to get in, and I passed the test, and then they let me in. And I was like, but why didn't they check the... <laughs> I actually yeah. had the requirements because I didn't. And I ended up dropping out because I was like, this is too hard. Also, it didn't help that it was one of those things where they like, they set me up for failure because I had to travel to the to the course because it was in uh, the middle of Belfast and I live quite far away. And they'd space the classes out so far apart that I'd have to be there super early in the morning for one class. And then there was Ugh. this massive gap. Oh. And then I'd have to be there super late in the afternoon. But it was like, not quite long enough to go home and come back. So I kind of just had to sit there. So then I started skipping the last class of the day. And then I was suddenly skipping the entire day. And then I was like, you know what? This is just not working. I'm like completely, it's a waste of time. (laughs) I should not do this. So like the fact that there are some things that I can actually sit down and genuinely, I I use YouTube a ton to learn how to do stuff because I'm like trying to learn how to do video editing. And it's a whole thing that, I have never opened myself up to before. And there's always somebody on the internet, thank God, who actually just says, you know what? I really want to tell people how to do this thing. Exactly. And I'm going to show them. And some of them are better at it than others. But like, it's there. Someone's dying to tell you. And TikTok's a great resource, like you mentioned, because I have the attention span of a gnat sometimes. And those videos are really short. <laughs> yeah. It really helps. And they're usually entertaining also. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just like dry, boring knowledge. It's presented in like a quirky, fun way most of the time. Yes, quite a lot of the time for sure. Yeah, I learn a lot of recipes from oh, yes. TikTok. There we go. I'm a I chef like now thanks to so TikTok. Many. <laughs> See, I, I like to watch those videos, but then I never go out and actually cook the thing. I did I'm, once, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've Well, actually, I've done it a couple of times, but one of the times in particular, I cooked manicotti. I'd never heard of manicotti before, but I was like, I'm going to try it. And I had to substitute so many ingredients because my local shop 
in the middle of Northern Ireland doesn't have any of the things I need. So I was like, I'm sure I can substitute that for this. I'm sure it'll be fine. It, it was not fine. And I told everybody on my stream the next day and I had so many Italian Americans who were like, oh my God, you can't replace ricotta with cottage uh, cheese. What were you thinking? And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. I think don't sell ricotta here. <laughs> I bet it's one of those things where like, if you had replaced like one of the things yeah, with something else, fine. it would have been fine. But there was so much that it's like yeah. the ship of Theseus, you know, like, is it yep. even a manicotti at this point? Or is it <laughs> yeah, like I don't a even secondary know what it was recipe? At this point. <laughs> <laughs> the two things don't even taste the same. I was like, oh, well, I tried. But you know, next time... I'm going to try again. I'm sure you a should. bigger shop can sell ricotta somewhere. Yeah. I, my local store, be. not so much. Mm. <laughs> I love ricotta. Sorry, I'm thinking about Went ricotta. Ricotta is great. Food. <laughs> I'm not a huge cheese person, but the thing about ricotta is that I'm a huge cheese person. Are you? See, well, there yeah. we go. Both ends of the spectrum, you know, are represented and we agree. Everyone loves ricotta. Ooh, I love when yeah, you use a glop of it. Glop it on a like... pizza. Oh. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Oh. See, this is the thing. I could this. I have a problem with cooking. I, I go down the rabbit hole with recipes that I think I see. This is weird. I have imposter syndrome, but when it comes to cooking, I'm like, yeah, I could totally cook that. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a chef. I absolutely have the skills required. I do not have the skills required. I cannot even make pancakes. Mm. I have tried and every time i've made pancakes it has gone horribly wrong i don't know what it is i don't know if that's just like my my white whale thing i don't get I, like i can't do pancakes but it's so funny i have to think it's like do you think it's because with cooking like the reason you're so confident about it is because like the stakes are so low versus with Maybe. like your career it's something that you probably hold very dear and it's it's very important to you so that's why you feel a lot you're maybe, maybe right so i'm like oh well i can just order like a pizza or whatever if it all goes wrong it's not yeah the end yeah, of the yeah. <laughs> that's true and you're not is. feeding like a restaurant it's just like no you. it's just yeah. me so yeah <laughs> if you're like, <laughs> like after you take a bite it's not it won't ruin your career oh, no. <laughs> yeah it's me and my partner my partner's a really picky yeah. eater so if he doesn't like it i'm not even surprised so it's like whatever it's fine yeah it's not yeah. a reflection on your food then yeah <laughs> no it could be a exactly. reflection on anything his mood of the day do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> i feel like i'm bringing us back a little bit because i've kind of we well we both kind of jumped towards asking you about like advice and stuff because of course with the next step initiative being kind of potentially bringing people who have like no experience in podcasting to learn um but i would like to kind of bring it back to your career and the things that you've done so I guess we're going to kind of talk about how you've leveled up, as it were. So what big challenges do you think you have overcome that have brought you closer to the kind of boss level moment of like, you know, working through the imposter syndrome and being able to continue producing and doing what you do? And how do you manage that? Um. Yeah, I guess one thing would be I... I used to not speak up for myself very often. I used to, I mean, I'm, I'm still like a pretty shy, anxious person, but um, I don't like to speak. I, I basically for a long time, I, if something was going on and I had an opinion, I just like wouldn't give it. Um, and then I just one day was like, God, fuck it. I'm just going to tell them how I feel. And it just from there, I was. It, it's been a process but I've started to kind of get over that feeling of like, what if people think I'm a bitch because I'm like being direct and like clear with what I want, uh, which is a classic thing with women. And if you're like mm -hmm. a woman of color, then you're just like difficult, which is just a, a life 
dream. Oh, you guys, I can't handle how much just everyone thinks women are just shouldn't exist, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so like I it took me a while, but I've become a lot more comfortable just being like, no, I don't like that. It should go this way. And I'm telling you based off my experience in this career, you know, like I have come a long way when it comes to like really holding my ground on stuff um, and and not, you know, and there are look, there are moments where I'll do that and then I'll spend the rest of the day like, oh, my God, they're going to think mm-hmm. I'm a, like ugh, such a bitch, you know, and, yeah. and I don't like to be rude. And I'm not saying like be rude, but like just like even sometimes when you're a woman and you're holding your ground, people just are like, God, she's yeah, like she's intense. Oh, you know, like what's with her? Is she in a bad mood? And it's like, no, I just like want to be heard and I want Mm -hmm. to be taken seriously because I actually do have experience in this field and my opinions matter. And I want that to be seen. And in order to be seen, sometimes I have to be like, excuse me, I'm talking. And, uh, that's not always gone well. <laughs> but, uh, I've done my best to not let it um, destroy me uh, outside of like, you know, just classically having my uh, anxious nights of like <laughs> per usual. But uh, yeah, that's what I, I love everything you said. And I will say, like, I agree, you know, there's like. I don't like to be a rude person. I don't like people who are rude. I think a lot of people can agree with that. But I also think something I've worked on is not being necessarily afraid to be rude and like not in any, not in every situation, but Mm -hmm. like, so the example I like to give is um, one of my favorite podcasts is Crime Junkie. And um, the host, Ashley Flowers, has the saying, I don't know if she really says it anymore, but she used to say, um, be weird, be rude, stay alive. And that means that like, if you're in a situation where like you just your gut feels off, you feel maybe unsafe and you want to yeah. get out of that situation. But there is maybe someone like a predator kind of cornering you or whatever. And you can get out like it's OK to be rude. You know, yeah. you don't have to talk to this person like if you if you can get away, but it would be rude to do so. Be rude. Be weird. Be rude. Stay alive. Yeah, I like that. Actually, that's a, like I mean, it's a horrible like thought, I guess, at the yeah. same time. But it's a really powerful thing. But I I feel I feel like especially where I come from, um, we're always conditioned very, very much to be polite and that you Mm -hmm. have to be respectful at all times. And like culturally in Northern Ireland, it's a very complicated thing because um, when you have imposter syndrome and you also are kind of like doubling down with the cultural mindset of like never being too like out there and then you're also a woman and you're trying like you know to not be too loud and to not take up too much space. It's really, really tricky. And I actually. I have an example as well, because I when I worked in the games industry as a project manager, I was the chair of a lot of our meetings because I was like running project meetings. And I frequently had men who would talk over women colleagues Mm -hmm. and I would step in every time. And there was one time in particular where a person who I actually get along with super, super well. And he's he's actually left the games industry as well and become a really super successful streamer. It's very inspirational. It's very cool. He's a really great guy. Um, he kept messing around in the meeting. Um, he was quite young at the time and he was just kind of like joking around with people, but he was talking over um, one of the the other project leads in the meeting. And I stepped in and just said, hey, can you like, you know, bring it in and wait until later. 
Um, and that was fine. He was totally fine with it. He was like, yep, sorry, all good. We moved on, we finished the meeting. And then one of the managers that I worked with came up to me afterwards and said, I had no idea that you could be so bossy. And that was the first time that it ever happened to me. And I was like, in, in what realm was I bossy? Yeah. Like, why is that what you jump to? The first thing a lot of the time that women face is that as soon as you're in any way assertive, yeah. that's you being bossy and that's somehow a bad thing. And it was so weird because something clicked in me and instead, like up until, I guess, maybe a year or two before that in my career, if someone had said that to me, I would have been very like, oh my God, like I didn't mean to give that impression. I have yeah. to like pull that back. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be bossy then. Like the person that I was talking to was totally fine with it and realized that they had done something that they shouldn't have done and we moved on. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to keep being bossy if that's what we're going to call that from now on. And it was just so frustrating. It's one of those things that like frequently really grinds my gears is knowing that like if you have to speak up for yourself as a woman that you are seen in such a negative light and it's so frustrating. Yeah, I think that's something we've all probably experienced many, many times. <laughs> yeah, many times. yeah, absolutely. But and that's but another thing. Like my one, of my, like my my therapist helped me a lot with like trying to give less of a fuck of like mm-hmm. what other people think of me, and it still happens. I still sometimes yeah. will like find myself like you know my feathers will get ruffled if there's like if I know someone doesn't like me, but mm-hmm. like. I can't really waste time on that. That's not my problem. Not everyone's going to like me. And if they think that I'm like bitchy or bossy or whatever, and that's why they don't like me, that's okay. I've got enough friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That's a really great way of looking at it too. Um, Have you, Anna, hit any moments in your journey, I guess, towards a boss level? I like to bring that back. Um, <laughs> Where you feel like, things were just not working and you needed to shake things up. You needed to change things around to keep moving forward. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like that was uh early pandemic when I decided like, I'm just mm. going to try and keep pushing next up. I was like, I feel like I, I mean, just knowing I had made this like pitch for this program and it was just sitting, it was just a PDF on my computer for like a year. I was like, I should, I need to just step up and, you know, push for it, Um, which, uh, you know, I think I was like scared uh, because I I also like I'd never run a program like that before. So I think like Mm -hmm. conceptually, I was like, just going to go do that. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, (laughs) And so but like I kind of was like, but whatever, like I, I know how to like run. (laughs) <laughs> I know how to mm-hmm. like run, you know, I produce multiple shows that I like, you know, like I, I helped create the entire structure of daily zeitgeist, like every system, every like logistical aspect of daily zeitgeist, like I set up there. was It was mm-hmm. me and Jack. Jack was like, what equipment do we need? Like I went and bought the iMac. I went and downloaded Pro Tools. It was like all this stuff. Like I was like, get these mics, do this, do this. I mean, of course I was talking to people and getting everyone's input, but like I went and set the whole situation up. I went and was like, we need this. We have to do this. We need this person. We need that. Like, it was just like, I was making it happen. And like, I was not giving myself, you know, like that respect of like, you know what you're yeah. doing. You've done this a hundred times. You've produced so many shows that like, go do it. And so I think that having 
to kind of like get over that and being like, stop just sitting and like imagining a world where like there's more like I heart can like give back. Like that was the big mm-hmm. thing was like, this is I heart. Like we're one of the largest podcasting networks. Mm-hmm. Like if we wanted to give back, we could give back, but someone just has to go do it. And so like, I was like, God, I should just do it. I should do it. should be me. But then it, I always get that imposter, but like, why you? Who are you? You know? Um, yeah. And so like, I think that was that where I was like, you know what? Get over it. Just go make it happen. And uh, I still can't believe I like did it. Like in my mind, I've really <laughs> compartmentalized that we did a whole program and have like eight podcasts out of it. Like I'm like, yeah, right. I didn't do that. And then I'm like, I guess I did. But um, a lot of compartmentalizing. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of not admitting to that imposter syndrome that. It's okay to like look. Yeah, you can't let it know. You can't let it like get a yeah. hold of anything. Yeah. You just like know that lives in that other box yeah. and you're not allowed in that box. Exactly. You leave it alone. Yeah. yeah, no, I respect that. I I feel like it's one of those things where uh, if you if you can get like this is I guess if I could give advice to anybody who has imposter syndrome as a person who totally doesn't actually manage it very well at all, so my advice means nothing. But it's the the compartmentalizing is so 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 important. Being able to keep things separate because if you think about things for too long i feel like that's when it attacks and it's like you just don't want to give it any fuel i guess yeah it's weird yeah or like don't let it don't like let it come out (laughs) in an important (laughs) moment you know yeah that's the the whole i don't love saying like fake it till you make it but there is almost like a put up somewhat of like a a strong facade Mm -hmm. and don't you know, like, don't start crying in a meeting. I mean, like, look, I've done it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to learn from your own mistakes. But, like, yep. if you're really trying to push for something, come in hot. Come mm-hmm. in like, yes, I do believe I could run this program. And that's funny that you think I couldn't. You know, like, you have to almost be, like, yep. maniacally, like, American psycho. Uh, and I think <laughs> that's, like, kind of why men get, you know, like, men get so far in life and mm-hmm. are, like, the president. Because, it's you know, you got, like, Trump being, like, I am president and you're like mm, okay and then he won you're like wait what wait, how did this happen <laughs> yeah well, like i think he just he believed you, he could so he, yeah. did. Like, he literally the king of manifesting yeah. like, what on he just like was like i believe i could be president you're like what qualifications and then he was president and you're like oh my god how did this happen like it's- i literally from from the perspective of someone who lives on the other side of the world i woke up and i was like the fuck yeah. what just happened the people yeah. who live here also had the same, the same reaction. I promise yeah. you. So it's not. Yeah. We're I, think all like, like, I think when he first hmm. announced he was running was like a very shock. I don't remember like where I was when that happened, but you know, it was like yeah. a very weird thing. Cause it's like th- this person who has no experience in politics that I know yeah. of is like running for the like pinnacle of the, of political positions mm-hmm. in this country. Like it, it feels like it made no sense, but yeah, he just kept saying, uh, I know what I'm doing in like a very confident tone. And like the like half of America was like, oh, people believed I him. trust him. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? He's just saying it in a confident tone. It doesn't That's mean definitely anything. definitely what happens in like meetings yeah. and every, like people just, men just walking up and being like, yeah, well, no, I know what I'm doing. Have you ever been in a meeting and you're listening to a guy and he says something um, very confidently, but you're like, he didn't say anything. He's yes. had a very long, yeah. like, speech, they, like, very confidently. Yeah, and, and you're like, like, wait. And everyone's like, you're right, yeah. dude. And you're like, he didn't say anything. 
He literally Every did day. not say anything. It was just and I'm salad. like, yeah, what just happened? And I, I sometimes think like, am I in a completely different reality? Because I'm the only person in the room sitting there going, what? Yeah, like, you're like, okay, you, you heard you the same nothing. thing I heard. <laughs> Why are you so guys acting like he just said something so profound and deep? And I'm sitting here like, I could poke holes all over this statement. Yeah. And then, Absolutely. but you know what? They're like. He's your boss now. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> so many times. Did you ever see there was a thing on Twitter a while ago of like, okay, so it was a person who was trying to, I think, commission an artist for something NFT related, but they just kept talking in circles about how just like do, you know, get capture the vibe. And the artist was like, but what do you want? Like, I don't, what kind of art do you want? Like, what kind, what yeah. kind of content? I'm not just like a like a, a digital artist. Like, what kind of content do yeah. you want? Like, I was like, I don't know, just like the vibe. And he yeah. just kept talking in circles, and I was like, I can count at least thirty buzzwords in that one DM, and I still have no idea what this person is talking about or what they're asking for. Like, yeah, it's like I'm not an algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's use what it is. It's language. Like weird algorithm communicate. It's absolutely yeah. bizarre. I find it really confusing. Yeah. Um, so I would like to also just, since we're kind of, I, I guess we're kind of like deep diving into your career a little bit. I'm sorry. I feel like we're picking your brain a lot. I feel like I'm picking your brain a lot. I feel like Jess is asking these really insightful questions. I'm like, okay, tell me more. I'm taking notes and I would like to know more about production. Like, yes. How did that work? But, um, <laughs> um, do you have your sights set on anything in particular for the future? Any like kind of long-term goals that you have for, cause like I, I um, don't really, I guess I'm kind of outing myself here is not really having a ton of real insight into the career path when it comes to like production. So what kind of things are you like looking to work towards, I guess? Um, I would like to, I mean, I would like, I, I'm working on one project. I can't get too into it because it's sure. like a weird Thing I'll tell you guys off air, but I'm I'm working mm-hmm. on one project which will come out in 2032. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> it will. It should take a while. I'm I'm too busy like working on my job to like also focus on my own podcast. Right. But like I want to create this like mini series, which um kind of about my family, but also uh yeah. I mean like I hope to. I've started working on this, but I've been like working on like you know scripts for like um sort of more like Persian family centric stories. Um, I want to work more on that. And then uh, the the good thing about podcasting is, um, and I hate to even say this because HBO said it once in a news article and I was like, fuck you, but we are somewhat IP forms. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I apologize to everyone for saying that uh, because it's (laughs) sick, but it's, unfortunately the facts of life is that like you can turn podcasts into more if you want and i think a lot of production companies look for that Mm. and a little bit of like ethnically ambiguous has like there's so many of our own stories of like growing up with like middle eastern parents me my co-host that like there is something to farm from that and for myself and i would like to use that as like an you know like Look, I have the IP like I've done this for years. I have the mm-hmm. stories and I would like to turn that into a more like narrative uh, script um, about kind of coming from a Middle Eastern household. So that's kind of a future goal that I've been working on for a few years now with someone. And it's a process. Um, 
And then I'm hoping on this other podcast project I'm working on to kind of take in a similar direction as my other podcast, which is just basically like find ways to take my stories and create more stories and create more stories and turn them into bigger scale stories and keep those stories, keep moving and keep having people like understand what it's like to be a potentially like, you know, Middle Eastern or person of color in this country. The process. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure. And I think I, I feel like you you're the type of person who has probably like a lot of ideas for cool projects that you want to do at some point. And it's just finding the time when you already have a ton of stuff on your plate yeah. to be able to actually get those ideas and bring them to reality, which is the tricky part. <laughs> yeah, careers are great, but they do get in the way of your creativity sometimes. <laughs> they do very, very much. That's a great yeah, thing. That's an encouraging thing to say, have a career, but just no, know but it you're might right. stifle you a little in some ways and you have to yeah. find the time to like focus right, on though. yourself. And I feel like that's something a lot of creative people have to try and balance. And like, I I frequently feel like I'm a person, I've, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, where I feel like I'm a person who went the opposite direction to the direction most people go, where they start in content creation and kind of they move towards mm -hmm. the games industry, like on the other side, whereas I kind of burned out in the games industry and swapped. and. Yeah. It's it's a really weird direction. I think it's a weird direction to go because I feel like I, I I'm blessed to be in a position where I can create content full time. But at the same time, it's a really, really odd kind of feel. And it it's for me, I people always ask. I frequently get like college students asking if they should drop out of college to become a streamer or to become a YouTuber or whatever. And I'm always like, no, like, I know I'm a yeah. college dropout, but that is unrelated and also absolutely don't. And I, the only reason I could, I live in Northern Ireland, our cost of living, it's going up, but it is significantly lower than a lot of places in the world. And I live with a person who also helps pay the bills. So like, yeah. it's a very, very different experience, but I still feel like I, I encounter every single day people who talk about how I like their, the whole kind of having a career that is external to the creativity process can completely stifle your ability to actually get on those projects and get on like your hobbies even like having time and having a good work-life balance is really really tricky it really is and you got to find time for yourself and um i mean i will say twitch is i mean just streaming in general is truly like we're in such a fascinating time where you can mm -hmm. make like good money streaming like my partner watches so much twitch and i i have such a like a weird knowledge about like you know like apex predator players that i would never have ever even thought about you know at mm -hmm. any point in my life but because my partner watches it, i'm like oh how's he doing oh well, <laughs> 20k viewers wow and you're just like watching all these people who like they found a way to make it work. And you're like, mm -hmm. that is crazy that we live in a time where this could be your career. Yeah, surreal. definitely. And I feel yeah. like we're at the beginning of that time yeah. to some degree. I know it's been happening for a long time, but I feel like now, especially with the start of the pandemic, because so many people actually had to start streaming because, you know, they, they weren't able to work or whatever, or they had the time because they were working from home. Yeah. And a lot of people were watching streams because of lockdown and everything that I feel like a lot more people are starting to kind of try to make it into a career. And it's really exciting to me and really fascinating to me that this is the kind of like digital content environment and thing that we're kind of growing into now. I find that really, really exciting. I'm really kind of bummed. I don't know if, okay, well, we're all 21 here, but at the same time, I don't Just know if you all feel like, damn, I really wish that this had happened when I was younger. Cause I, I, 
Like, I really wish no, that I Twitch was, was a thing. little baby when I was younger. I wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been able to stream. I, I was like, just born. Yeah, I was literally just born. Uh, I think it would have been cool if there were podcasts when I was younger. Yeah. Just to like something Same. to listen to. Um, instead of the classic, like, um, what I would do, which is uh, wait till my favorite song came on the radio and then record mm-hmm. it onto a tape. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then, and then I dance in my up- backyard. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Music. Oh, I had this horrible recording set up before I had one of those like tape players that you could like record while you were listening yeah. to something uh, where I had like a janky microphone plugged in. And I was like holding it up to the speaker yeah. to record my favorite. <laughs> Oh. And then my sister would burst into my room and say something. I'd be like, God yeah. damn it, you ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I would always be like, Dad, stop talking. <laughs> my dad's like, dude, I own this house. I live yeah, here. What are you what are you doing? <laughs> you stop yelling at me. Those are the days. Oh, but yeah, it would have been great if this yeah. existed. But. Absolutely. Super agree. Jess, do you have any more questions before we sort of bring it around to the the roundup and uh, wrap up our quest for the day. No, I don't. I loved all your line of questioning. I feel like that was really, really good conversation that we had. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm just so sorry, loved Anna, that it. I went down into like a, I'm just going to probe your brain as much as possible. I apologize for that. I was just really curious because I feel like um, this is my first time, my boss level is my first time doing like an actual podcast where um, we host the podcast because I've been guest I've guested on podcasts before but I've never actually like been one of the hosts on one before so I'm like oh I don't know anything about the production side I would like to grill on that and also you've done a lot of podcasts yourself what what kind of little tidbits do you have to share <laughs> so it's been really interesting thank you very very much um yeah are there any projects you'd like to shout out or anything new that's coming up that you'd like to share um a few a few shows that are out right now. Let me pull up my I literally have to write down how many shows. So there, you know, there's Daily Side Guys, which you were on, so go check that out. Yes, Jess, you I have was. to come do it too. I would love yes, to. Yes, I highly recommend it. It was really, yeah. really fun. Awesome. Um Las Culturistas, which I don't even know if that needs promoting. People love Las Culturistas. But a few other shows that I produce. There's one we do about the um Bachelor franchise called Will You Accept This Rose? And it's hosted by Arden Marine, if you guys love any of the bachelor cool. check it out will you accept this rose we have a lot of fun um and then um dear owen wilson which is hosted by <laughs> comedian blair Saki, which is all about like uh comedians it's kind of an improv sort of wackadoo podcast where mm-hmm. comedians write letters to their favorite celebrities and then blair the host uh kind of 60 minutes style interviews the comedian about their <laughs> celebrity nice. love which is really it goes it goes in some real wackadoo directions <laughs> i really recommend it if you're into that um and then one podcast we just finished the second season season of and i love it it's called truth hounds uh with uh anna saragina and kyle mazono and it's two comedians who are solving very mundane mysteries and it is one of the funniest shows it's it's if you like shows like Nathan for You and How to with John Wilson, where it starts in one direction, goes on a wild ride, and then comes back finally after like so much has happened, and th- and then they are trying to solve something like what is fear and why can't I look away? You know, it's like simple stuff mm-hmm. like that, or like why does time fly when I'm having fun? And oh, cool. they they go on these crazy, crazy investigations, and I really recommend it. Truth Hounds. 
That sounds really fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's. Pretty I love fun. stuff like that. Actually, it's really really fun. Jess, do you have anything coming up next that you would like to share? Um, the only thing I would like to plug is that for my job at Gamers Outreach, we have begun um, prepping and and gearing up for our next big charity fundraising event, which is called the Spooktacular Streamathon. It takes place for the entire month of October. So if anyone is a streamer who happens to be listening slash watching and wants to get involved with a charity cause, get in contact with me and we'll get you on board for the Spooktacular Streamathon. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know you love spooky things. So do I. I do. So I'm very excited it. about that because it feels like Halloween. Halloween is coming early since we're like, you know, I'm like oh, talking about this that. Halloween stuff and we have all these th- Halloween themed imagery on all of our branding. So very exciting times. I love spooky stuff. That's very exciting. I, on the other hand, am doing absolutely nothing. I am taking a vacation. Um, <laughs> I have finally decided, you know what? I've done a lot of stuff and it's summer and I have to enjoy the like, I would like to say it's the two weeks of summer because I'm taking two weeks off, but I realistically I'm going, uh, today was probably our one day of summer. So um, I'm going to enjoy whatever nice weather I can have and I'm going to spend as much time in the sunshine as possible. And I actually just got a laptop, finally, an actual business, like I ordered a business laptop and I'm going to get back into writing again. So I'm hoping I can spend some time writing in the sun because that sounds nice. Although I know it'll probably just end up with me not writing in the sun, I'll be writing in my house. But I, at least I have a laptop <laughs> so I can try, you know. Okay, that's great. Anna, where can people find you across the web? Um, I'm at Anna Hosnier on Twitter and I'm at Selling Hosnier on Instagram. And yeah, you guys mentioned earlier, I have a Twitch yeah. show every Tuesday nights called Deckheads Chief Stews with Molly Lambert. And we talk about the Bravo show Below Deck and all other sort of reality TV and Bravo shows, you know, like Real Housewives and all that good stuff. So, yeah, every Tuesday night you can follow us at Deckheads Pod uh, to find out when we're streaming and what we're Very up to. Cool. Sweet. And Jess, where can people find you? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Jess Brohard. I guess I'm on TikTok as well these days. I pretty Ooh. much post videos from Instagram to TikTok. So if you follow me on Instagram, don't follow me on TikTok. You're going <laughs> to see the same content. But that's cool, though. I, that's, you have to cross post. You got to recycle that content and get all that exactly. engagement on other platforms. That's how it works. Yeah. Apparently, you, I never do it. You, you never know when something will like not do so well on one platform yes. and then the exact same video will like pop off on a different platform. Yep. So frequently I have videos that do super well on TikTok and then I put it on Instagram and nobody cares. And then vice versa. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't understand algorithms. I feel like this. I, I'm only 21 and yet I am too old for the yeah, algorithms. I, I don't understand. <laughs> Um, so I am Psyche on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Psyche. I'm live four days a week. And I'm also on Twitter and YouTube as uh, and Instagram, I suppose, as Psyche Plays and on TikTok as Psyche Twitch. And I'm trying really hard to produce content in all the places, but I'm not very good at keeping it up. But I'm trying my best. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for all your support so far. Don't forget to follow us on social media the, at the Boss Level Pod. That's Boss LVL Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for videos of these episodes. You can find all of our links on Twitter, including a link to our Discord if you'd like to hang out with us behind the scenes. And Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and allowing us to pick your brain. It's been really great. Thank you for having me. No problem. And thank you, Jess. It's lovely to record with you as always. Yeah. Thank you for hosting, Psyche. You did such a great job. So did you. Thank you. We will see you all in the next episode. Bye, everyone.
Bye. Bye. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.